Any questions tonight? <clears throat> yes. Um, there's a there's a section uh, Madhurakadambi um, titled uh, Apparent Offenses, and there's mentioned uh, Vritasura. Who? Vritasura. King Chitakadamu. Vritasura. And it says that uh, it is mentioned in different, in many places in different Puranas, the story mm. about Putrasura, but only in Srimad Bhagavatam he's portrayed as a devotee. In other places he's described as a, well, as the demon. So I was wondering why is it only Srimad Bhagavatam that describes him like that? Mm-hmm. The story of Putrasura is, is, is a famous, famous story, and it's, it's one of the characteristics of the Bhagavatam that are mentioned in other Puranas. And the Srimad Bhagavatam is this, it, eight, it consists of 18 cantos. It has the story of Ritrasura and so forth. So I think, as I mentioned the other day, some of the stories of the Bhagavatam they have their roots even in the Upanishads. And, um, and this may be one of them. I believe it is. And it, um, and it shows up in different Puranas um, as well, which Basically, the Puranic literature, as I've mentioned to you, it's called Smriti, and the, the Vedas, in the later part of which is the Upanishads, are called the Shruti. The early part of the Vedas deals with um, fruitive activities, movement within the modes of nature, rituals, sacrifices, and so forth, for material betterment. And the latter part of the Vedas it deals with the soul, the Atma. So how to live a pious human life, and then how to live a spiritual life, basically. And then the and uh, and then the Puranas they come later, and um, or follow in suit, and they seek to explain, elaborate upon hmm, through various narratives and elaborations of narratives, the uh, significance of the uh, Shruti, hmm, Vedic sounds, and. Um, in that sense, the the Puranas aren't kind of a, they're open ended. Hmm? Uh, I've given an example of the Chaitanya Bhagavat being the natural extension of the Srimad Bhagavatam, hmm? the story of the Bhagavat hmm? means the story of God, and the stories about Krishna ultimately, because as I've mentioned, he's the Ashray Tattva, the Bhagavatam. Twenty five percent of the book is is that consists of the tenth canto and. He's, of course, mentioned throughout other cantos as well. The book's about him. Every principal person, every principal questioner and answerer in the Bhagavatam, Sonaka and the Rishi, uh, 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 Sutta Goswami, Subhadev Goswami, Maharaj Parikshit, Maitreya, um, and Uddhava, and Narada, Vyas, and so they're all devotees of Krishna. All their Ishtadeha, Devatas, Krishna, all of them. All the principal speakers, all the principal uh, inquirers. So, anyway, there's many ways to talk about it, but the book's about Krishna, really it's about love of Krishna, and the, and the, and the Vrindavan love of Krishna in particular. Radha's love for Krishna, and within that. So, um, that's what's being showcased. So, the... If you want to tell the significance of 
uh, explain a significant significant, uh, point through a narrative, and it may be told in different ways to emphasize uh, the point. Um, I've given an example before. You have these movies that are billed as being based on a true story, and so who's ever doing it has got a particular angle that they want to showcase, and they can make anybody look good or make anybody look bad. Hmm. Um, they can make the worst president look like the best guy, or, you know, when they have, the, based on a true story, biographies about uh, political leaders and so forth, or good. So, um, so similarly, the Puranas, they have um, different audiences in mind. Jiva Goswami has has said that there are 18 principal Puranas and they are Hare Krishna, excuse me, six for the, that are dealing more with people under the influence of the mode of ignorance, six dealing more with people influenced by Rajaguna, and six dealing more with people influenced by the Satvagun. Bhagavad Purana is said to be Amala Purana and Amala Pramana. Srimad Bhagavatam Amalam Puranam Nidvaishnavanam Priyam. The book itself says that this is the Amal. Amal means spotless pranas. Spotless means it's not touched by the modes of nature. The subject of this book is all purely transcendental. Hmm. And it says in the beginning of the book, that's from the end of the book, um, very last 12th chapter, Srimad Bhagavatam Amalam Puranam Nidvaishnavanam Priyam. What does it say in the beginning of the book? Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. This book is not dealing with the Dharma Marg or the Karma Marg, um, which is about material betterment, elevation, and so forth. Neither, uh, it, it also completely rejects the idea of liberation unto itself. Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. And Paramo Nirmatsaranam Satam. That's who it's not for, who it is for. Paramo Nirmatsaranam Satam. It is for those who are Nirmatsar without any envy, uh, Satam, fully, thoroughly honest. Mm. Um, it's, for, it's for the Paramahamsas. Mm. It's the Paramahamsas ideal. You may not be Paramahamsas, we may not be Paramahamsas, but. The ideal of the Paramahams is being, is being showcased there. If you identify with that, then you can have entrance into the, into the book. So it's not dealing with uh, dealing only with, with purely transcendental subject matter. Indeed, post-liberated subject matter is its, is its uh, centerpiece. Also, how to arrive there and so forth is, is given. So it's a special uh, book for a special audience. Of course, eligibility to enter into the book and become a student of the book may be um, arrived at through, through Sadhu Sangha. Hmm. This is our uh, virtue. Hmm. Um, but first, read you I've got to be a pretty pure person to take up the book, but by Sadhusanga, you get faith, and faith is what is required for bhakti, faith in the efficacy of bhakti. And so, this is Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, 
when the story of Ritrasura is told in Srimad Bhagavatam, hmm, given the nature of the book, the audience for whom it's written, and so forth, hmm, then the story is going to be told in a particular way, emphasizing certain points. It's a fact that Ritrasura was a demon. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but that's not the whole story. Hmm. And we may... Um, I mean, Perlad was a demon. He was born from her and Yukasipu, a demonic family and so forth. But that's not the whole story. You could tell that part of the story and stop there. Hmm. Or you could go on, as the Bhagavatam does, and um, bring out some finer points about Perlad. Hmm. So similarly is the case with uh, Vitrasura. Vitrasura. Hmm. In fact, the not only does the Bhagavatam um, portray Vitrasura ultimately as a devotee, um, what's his connection with Chitraketu? Chitraketu uh, became in his next life and, Brit- and Vitrasura. And after that, he kind of like offended Shiva, Parvati cursed him Chitraketu to become Vitrasura. So you get that background in, in Chitraketu. Was a devotee, and, and and how do you know that? Well, there's a number of ways, but one of the ways is, is how he reacted to the curse of Parvati. He crossed into the land where there was only one male, right? And everyone else was female, and Shiva was the male, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And Parvati was on his lap, and Parvati, the consort of Shiva. And Chitraketu had a bit of a chuckle. There's his sheep, they're not renunciate, and there he is. And, and uh, he didn't mean anything offensive, but Parvati took it as if, oh, he's made offense to Shiva, so she cursed him, being born as a demon. And he said, hmm, um, he said what? He said, Narapavarga, Narakesh, uh, uh, Narakeshu Apitulgarta Darshanam. Whether he were Naraka in hell uh, or heaven, liberated or unliberated, whatever my, whatever my position, it doesn't matter. As long as I have bhakti. So this is his reaction. So we can see that he's a very. Um, uh, extraordinary devotee. And then in his birth as Vritrasura, the Bhagavatam brings out not only that he's a devotee, but in his prayers, Vritrasura was then defeated by Indra, right? Some lightning bolt or something. And during that period, he, these beautiful prayers came out from Vritrasura. Hmm. Uh, so externally he appeared one way, but internally there was something else. In the, in the prayers, of Vritrasura, we find Rag Bhakti. Hmm. We find a, a delineation on the on Raghunuga Bhakti. <laughs> it's very extraordinary. Um, so, this is, I think, and maybe brought out in Preeti Sandarbha of Swami. So, not only is he a devotee, but the kind of devotion he's speaking about is, is the ideal of the Bhagavatam. Hmm. So, as I say, you'll find in the Bhagavatam narratives that are found in other Puranas. But the way they're described in there, it has a different purpose. 
the Bhagavatam. So the, the narrative will be told hmm, in such a way as to as to as to bring that out, and um, that's why you find many stories. The story of Krishna is found in other Puranas, but if you look at it successively, see it reaches its full full bloom in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The full face of Krishna is brought out in the Bhagavatam, not like it's brought. It's not like in the way that it's not brought out in the Vishnu Purana and the Padma Purana and the Harivamsa Purana uh, and the Mahabharata. Um, so this is the this is one of the reasons why, and it's really fairly obvious. It's interesting that it's obvious if you have the liberty to look at it all and so forth, which people of ancient times didn't always have the liberty to do. You live in a certain area, you've got a priest who's a Shaivite teaching the Shiva Purana, and there you go. You know, you don't have the opportunity. There's no, like, go to the Barnes & Noble and pick up the Bhagavatam or something, or find it on the street from, you know, Mungal Dardas, you know. <laughs> it's, it's written on a, you know, scroll on a palm leaves, and it's kept in the temple and so forth. So, um, uh, given the nature of the times and so forth, the insight, you can see the insight of the Goswamis, of Jiva Goswami in particular, who, who was given the task by Rup Sanatana to, to write as he did uh, under their uh, tutelage, uh, their, their command of the literature. Hmm? Somehow they got their hands on it. They had a, you know, they were driven. They said, Lokanam hitakarano tribhuvanimanyosharanyakonanashastaricharanaikanipuno. They took from all the revealed scriptures with compassion in mind for the people and they brought out hmm, the central thread of bhakti, ties it all together and so forth. And and in doing that, Jiva Goswami said, the Bhagavatam is the hub around which all these sacred texts should orbit and be and properly be understood in context. It's the last work of the legendary author or editor of the uh, sacred texts of, of India in his maturity. And um, and as I've referred to it, it's quite uh, accurate of a comparison. It's the New Testament of the uh, Hindu law, hmm? uh, all about love, hmm? love of God. And so what I'm saying is this is an insight of the Goswamis at a time where now people can arrive at that insight hmm, by having acquaintance with the different books and being able to study them over a period of time and becoming an Indologist or something like that. And you can say, we see here that you know, it called, the story of Krishna culminates in the Bhagavat and, and so forth. Without you know, an internet and whatever and all that access, they, they brought all this out. Hmm. Um, it's not... It, it's, uh, I mean, the way in which Jiva Goswami understood the Bhagavatam by, even for that matter, by saying, okay, Bhagavatam is the book around which the other texts revolve and are understood properly in relation to, and how will we understand the Bhagavatam? And he goes inside the Bhagavatam and says, well, let's look at what Vyas realized in his trance, because when he came out of the trance, what he derived, derived from that trance is what the Bhagavatam is about, because the story goes in the Bhagavatam itself, Nard chastised. Vyasa was feeling despondent, 
and said, here's why, you know, you fool, you've written all this stuff, but you haven't emphasized bhakti. People will be confused. Hmm? They won't understand it. It's its central position. And so you're not feeling complete yourself either. So go sit in samadhi, samadhi nanusmrata vicheshtitam. You're qualified in so many ways you describe. And then from that, hmm, you'll you'll get the insight what to write. And then it's, that trance is described. Hmm? By Sutta Goswami, and then so this is the hub around which the Bhagavatam itself orbits. How to understand it? This is where it gets you the Chinti Beta Beta, and the idea of the Sarup Shakti, the Maya Shakti, the Jiva Shakti, the remedial measure to the Jiva's plight under the influence of the Maya Shakti, being the Bhagavat, and so on and so forth. Bhakti Yoga, Bhakti Yoga. Hmm? Was it? Uh, yeah, so many nice verses there. So it's very, very. Um, insightful, and especially, as I'm saying, given the times and the accessibility to literature and so forth, to arrive at that con- that conclusion. Hmm? Um, but it's not, it's really an objective uh, conclusion. I can see where, you know, persons might argue against it and so forth in other lineages and so forth, but if you step back objectively, there's, it's, there's none, none of the sacred texts are of that um, quality of literature and richness of theology. Hmm? There's no comparison to any of the other Puranas. The Mahabharata doesn't compare. Um, it's a beautiful text and an important text, but uh, I mean, in the Bhagavatam, there are all the voices of the texts are there. The Vedas are said to speak like a king, giving orders, do this, do that. A benevolent king hmm? who gives orders and people trust and have faith and and so forth. But without ask, without questions being asked, he gives orders. The Puranas are said to speak like a friend. Let's take a walk. Let me tell you a story. Hmm? And share with you some you know, points that you need to hear. So it's a different voice in the Puranas. And then the Kavya speaks like a lover. Hmm? And all three of these voices are in the Bhagavatam hmm? in different places. It's just another example. Very rich from a literary point of view. And you see how it has been celebrated. I mean, they're not making dramas out of the Matsu Purana, the Kurma Purana, and music, and art, and and subsequent literature. And as I was saying the other night in our John Mustami uh, uh, festival, uh, where are the commentaries? On the Shiva Purana, the you know the uh, um, as I say, the, the Kurma Purana, the, the, the I don't even know the names of them all. There you go. So, <laughs> where are the commentaries? Where are the translations? Where's the interest? See how the Bhagavatam has captured the interest of the whole of India, captured. Hmm? The only thing that's comparable to it is the Ramayana, which is the you know, story of Krishna's avatar, Ram, human-like, and so forth. Um, um, but I think even the Bhagavatam ha- has captured more outside of India hmm, than, uh, than the monarch Ram story of his, his life. And in Krishna's life, there's the, there's, there's, he has the princely Leelas also, hmm. And he has his playful pastoral uh, 
sweet leelas that that's nowhere to be found. Hmm? That sweetness is nowhere to be found. That's the center piece of the Bhagavatam, and it's very attractive because when we hear, I was saying this the other, the other day in Poland, when we hear the stories of Krishna and we hear the human likeness of Krishna, that's the relishable points. We go, oh yeah, I like that. Because he's like us then, we think. He's a God like us. Hmm? And he's, a, he's a God, but he's like, like us. There's, there's a bond that, that comes from hearing about Krishna like that. You can bond with him because he has a similar psychology to us. Hmm? So, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, in the, all in Brajabas, in, in, in Vrindavan, all the Brajabasis, all the residents of Braj, they think he's one of us. He's one of us. He may be God. People say that. Could be. Uh, or, I don't believe it. I might say either one. But, but, Whatever, it's just a secondary thing. It's just it's it's not a, an important thing. It's he's one of us. That's what's important. He's like us. Hmm? So there's this this communion. There's this this bond. Hmm? The whole Govardhan Leela. Yeah. Everybody in the Braj is protected and 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 fed hmm? and taken care of by Krishna lifting the Govardhan Hill, and only only Indras, you know. The gods are, forget the god. He's the chief of the gods. Who cares about them? Hmm. This, is, this, is, this is the god of gods and he's like us. And there's a, there's a bond there. Hmm. Why worship him? Hmm. Worship Govardhan Hill. See, I'm Govardhan Hill. And so this, this, uh, it, it's, it's very charming. And, and you see, whenever you tell the story of the Leela and Krishna does something that you can you can identify with because you're human, and you think, yeah, that's, uh, I can understand that. Yeah, that's, then it's very you just those moments they cause a bond with Krishna, hmm? in a way that you cannot bond with any other god hmm? in your human condition. Hmm? And the human condition, of course, is is the condition where love uh, predominates with all of its problems, and and uh, it's it's kind of a a weakness, as I've said at times, we fall in love, and and here and here the story of the Bhagavatam is God. When God falls in love, now what? <laughs> What's that? I mean, it's just a very extraordinary story, and very, as I say, very, um, um, just close to the human heart. Hmm? So you can see the power of the Bhagavatam to. Uh, affect a bond between human humanity and and divinity, where the where the divinity becomes human like, and in the context of that, encourages us just us to become divine. Hmm? It's incredible masterpiece. Hmm? What a way to encourage us to become divine hmm? by coming so close to us, so much like us. Hmm? that we become endeared and without kind of thinking about it. Hmm? We become, but we may form a bond with him, we become compelled, we love, we chant his name, and it purifies the heart and so on and so forth. Hmm? So very nice. You fall in love with Krishna, you sing about Krishna, and he, because he is who he is, material desires go away, and you offer your food only to him, as we were talking this morning here in Pujapada. Shridharmarsha and so forth, the whole of material existence just goes away. It's an incredible, 
incredible um, uh, text and uh, path that is the goal at the same time. So it's very unique in, the, in, in, in all the sacred texts of the Hindus and all the sacred texts of the world. I mean, there's nothing like that, such an idea. Hmm? It's very uh, revolutionary. And so I'm saying objectively, this Bhagavatam is um, what Jiva Goswami says it is through so many arguments that he gives, for example, in Tattva Sandarbha and, uh, and then in Krishna Sandarbha also um, for the uh, supremacy of, of Krishna, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Another point around which the Bhagavatam itself orbits. So, um, it's not a, you know, kind of a sectarian, my book is better than your book. Um, I don't blame anybody for thinking their book is better than another book. They should feel that way if they're, they're going to give themselves to the book, the text, the teaching, and so forth. But objectively, uh, it's, it's easy to arrive at this kind of conclusion about the Bhagavatam. I'm just giving some few examples. Hmm? The world has already done it. Hmm? Without realizing it, the world has already said it, if you make a comparison. Now, you know, you, that's in, within Indian literature, Indian sacred texts. Now, you know, you've got the Bible in every hotel or whatever, but um, the, the Bible's been printed a lot and circulated a lot and so forth. But it, it's... it's, it's, uh, it's uh, um, I mean, it's... It's an entirely different approach, obviously. It's some letters, as I understand it, for some people who had first-hand experience of, of the Christ and wrote, about, wrote to one another about, about that experience, something like that. Interesting book, but, um, but the Bhagavatam still should, has to have its day. And, and, this is its destiny. Hmm? As much as it's Kali Yuga, this is, this is the... De- this is the the, the time of the Bhagavatam for it to rise. Hmm? Sages had asked at the onset of the Bhagavatam of um, Sutta Goswami, now that Krishna has left, where, where will we get insight about Dharma and knowledge and so forth? This is the verse he said. Where does it go? Hmm. With in the Kali Yuga, then you get light from this book, Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam, and then the nice verse. Um, what is that verse? Idam Bhagavatam Nama Pranam Brahmasamitam. Idam Bhagavatam Nama Pranam Brahmasamitam. Chakara Bhagavan. That's another one. Idam Bhagavatam Nampurana. It said this Bhagavatam is the literary incarnation. It's a book incarnation of the Godhead. Like there are the different types of incarnation. That's why it's described. So, so um, a very extraordinary book. And its day is supposed to be in Kali Yuga. It's supposed to, you know, this is where you know, get the most um, light, if you will. It's, it's Krishna's extended self. Of course, Nam is extended and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is coming. Those things are they're important as well, but we're talking about the virtues of the Bhagavad, so it, it needs to be understood and then written about in a way in contemporary language that people can appreciate what's what's going on there and the richness of it. Hmm. 
Um, it's it's extraordinary. There's nothing to compare with it in the theological world. Hmm? So um, so the stories are told in a certain way there, and, and and arguably, the full story is told all the with all the implications in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So there, you know, nothing's held back, and just see what Vritrasur, what position. He, he rises to in the Bhagavad, what position Prahlad rises to in the Bhagavad, and, uh, and Krishna himself, and Radha. Hmm. And that, in indirect language, and so Parokshavad Vedam, which Krishna says, I like this kind of language the most. Parokshavad means indirect language. Hmm. Radha is indirectly the supreme, so we talk about her indirectly. Overtly, Krishna is the supreme, but the fact is, Vrindavan Ishwari, Radhe, Haripriya. Hmm. She's the, she's in charge, <laughs> so to speak. She's her, her love. That is, Krishna's her her dancing, the movement, her love. This is Krishna's guru. This is his, his testimony through the pen of Krishna's Kaviraj. So. Um, that's why you, you, you study then you see these stories that are carried through the different Puranas, they reach their full development theologically in the Bhagavatam. Hmm. that help? Very interesting. What else? I had two things. One was, <coughs> I, I can't think of one, but I, um, is there a, uh, an analog in Chaitanya Bhagavad or Chaitanya Charitamrita? An analog? Or something that corresponds? With the story of Ritrasura? Yeah, I don't think so. It doesn't carry over into... That would have been interesting, huh? Uh, the other thing is... I hadn't thought about that, but I, 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 at, for the moment I don't think so. Your, I mean, Rag Bhakti. Yeah. Well, the idea of Rag Bhakti obviously is what the Chaitanya Charitamrita is about, and this comes from it's, it. It does surface in the story of Ritrasura. Hmm. So. The other thing was, um, do you have anything to share um, about those Gunaratnam verses that you posted a little while ago on Facebook? Well, it's just a nice meditation, I thought it was good. I can share this with you that Prabhupada said that, that uh, Gunaraj Khan's book uh, is, uh, somehow, we say something, you can become Krishna, can't become Krishna conscious without, or you need only, 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 only his book, you can become Krishna conscious mm-hmm. or something. It's a very simple book written in a simple Bengali, tells the story of Krishna in different ways and, and with verse. And I just posted that, this is a nice section about. Sakyarash, it's a, it's a meditation. So you can go look at it there. It's in the Prayo Bhakti Rasa Club or whatever. They call it club or group? Group of Facebook. Prayo Bhakti means friendly love. Somebody started, I think, maybe Shamsun or somebody some time ago. Um, but, you know, it's a nice uh, meditation on the cow herds and the yeah, kind of a yoga pit meditation. What else? And you have 
Bhagavatam sections, you know, you, you have the Dhammadar Leela. It covers several chapters. Hmm? This is the heart of the Bhagavatam. Several chapters all about Bhatsali Rasa. Then you have the, the Agasur Leela and the Denukasur Leela, chapters 12, 13, 15, hmm? 14, in the context of the Brahmavi Mohanila, so much philosophy there, and Brahma's affinity for Sakyaras is brought out and so forth in those prayers. This is the whole, this is the whole section about uh, showcasing that Bhava. Hmm? And then you have the Rasapanchajai, the five chapters about Rasalila, hmm? which is, is you know, the height of the Madhurya Rasa and so forth. So this is all, this is what the book's really about. Yeah. Do you have a question? Did you? You? Oh, it's you. Okay. Not the mic. Go ahead. Um, I was reading the commentary, your commentary on the Bhagavad Gita, um, and chapter 3, I think around verse 25, um, you were talking about how um, the soul, you call it that, can experience um, suffering uh, through, through the movement of the material body and um, I was wondering I'm assuming you're talking about suffering and separation ultimately um, because of Maya um, so the ultimate separation condition is causing the suffering um, but then there's also suffering and separation at, at higher stages of bhakti um, so I was wondering if you could talk about the difference between that suffering and, and the suffering of the higher stage, both suffering and separation? Well, the way you're talking about it, I think that the idea of suffering as a result of separation from Krishna, um, um, there's a kind of suffering as a result of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a perception of separation from Krishna in which, in which the perception doesn't include the knowledge that you're separate from, or the thinking even, that you're separate from Krishna. But you're certainly not experiencing that you're connected with him. You may not even know who have heard of Krishna. But all suffering is a result of the perception that I'm a separate entity. And I'm not a separate entity. I'm a, I'm a derived entity. And um, so... If I, let's say you say you take a machine, a computer, and then you take one part out of it and then put it on the floor and then, okay, well, what are we going to do with the thing? We can do this with it, spin it around, I don't know what. But when it's connected back with the machine, then it has so much utility. Hmm. Its purpose is found, right? So when the parts are separated, there's really no separation from Krishna. Hmm. That's an illusion. But we're in the illusion that affords us experience that we're separate, that plays out in the form of the perception that I'm independent. Hmm? That when I'm independent, I do my own thing, is, is, is the illusion. Um, the reality is I'm, I'm, I have a source and I'm connected to the source and, uh, and I'm a serving entity by, by nature. Hmm? I'm serving material nature that's a manifestation of Krishna. I don't know it. 
So that is all suffering, all material suffering then arises from that. Hmm? Um, and the soul, um, through the ahankar, the false ego, hmm? by way of uh, identification, has some perception of suffering. Something like someone might perceive suffering in a virtual reality, if you were to enter a computerized world and get absorbed there, it has no effect on you. I mean, the example's not perfect because it could have an emotional effect and, and, and so on and so forth, but just it's a, analogies break down you know, to some extent. But the, 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 actual, the actual, let's say, the, the actual your getting your head cut off in the in the video or in the, in the in the game and you're so absorbed in it that you 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 know you kind of feel the pain you identify with it you but but actually your head's still on it's in place it's it's not going to come off and so forth so through through the hunkar hmm, we are absorbed in this illusory world and all these things seem to be happening to us we thought we seem to die but we don't hmm? And so, in that way, we kind of suffer. The soul really doesn't suffer. It's Satchitananda, which is the point you understand and you're, you're also making. So, that whole world of suffering is a result of the perception that I'm separate from Krishna, which plays out as I'm independent, because I don't know who I'm separate from. <laughs> I'm just an independent entity. I am the center something like that, this kind of perception that un, kind of unknowingly, some of the people go around thinking, I'm the center. I mean, some of them do, but, but we all do to some extent. So, so as a result, now we, we are connected with the, the sufferings that pertain really to, to, the, to the body and to the mind. That's, so that's one thing. And... Um, that's probably what's being talked about in the third chapter of the Gita. And then the separation from Krishna and in knowledge of Krishna, out of love for Krishna. That's another thing. Um, and that separation is the kind of separation that it's said um, makes the heart grow fonder. And the it's the way. In other words, uh, there's a kind of, as, as Krishna, the theological person, becomes a real person, hmm? simultaneously the sense that my false ego personality, hmm, the sense that that's a real person, starts to dissolve and be seen for what it is. Hmm? So these two things happen simultaneously. Therefore, in Ruchi, the stage of Ruchi, Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasundam, this material identity is being de- dis- dis- uh, deconstructed. Hmm? And as we go through an asakti, this material, uh, a spiritual identity based on attachment, like our material identity is based on attachment, now attachment to Krishna, hmm? is forming an identity. Hmm? And that identity is one in relation to hmm? Krishna, who has become a real person, so to speak, rather than a theoretical, theological person, experiential, real person, 
and the false personhood that we are absorbed in is 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 is, is, is deconstructed, mm-hmm. and so in that condition, then uh, and entering into into bhakti and ecstasy and bhava bhakti, we 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 there's the first stages of love of Krishna. Hmm? So there's attachment, there's a taste for bhakti, hmm? attachment to bhakti, and and characterized um, uh, marginally by detachment from the world. Hmm? And there's a ta- that's, then there's attachment to the object of bhakti, Krishna. And in a particular way he shows himself and I have a certain identity in relation as a, as a friend of Krishna or in, um, a parent of Krishna, what may be the case. Hmm? And so then there's the, the first stages of love of Krishna come in the form of separation. Hmm? I haven't met him, but I've fallen in love with him. I, the example of Arjuna is he, he saw a picture of Krishna. Hmm? Someone had painted and oh, he felt like this is my friend, my long. Uh, and this is this is called in Sakiras Utkantita, or in Madhuras it's called Puvarag. Puvarag. Puva means before. So, just like let's say uh, you fall in love with some. Uh, um, there was a lady who fell in love with Tom Cruise, uh, an actor. And then she actually married him some years later. There must have been an age difference. <laughs> but, um, but, or people do this all the time. You know, they kind of like fall in love with some sports person, actor, actress, singer, something like that. They've never met them. So something like that. And then there's the actual meeting and so forth. So, so, the, so the way to love of God is is through separation. Hmm. And we see Mahaprabhu experiencing separation from Krishna and longing for Krishna in the mood of Radha and in Jagannath Puri. Um, um, in the Shikshastakam, the last two verses are about Prem. Hmm. And the, the second of the last one, the seventh verse, Yugayitam namishena chakshusha pravishayitam shunyayitam jagatsarvam govindabirahinam govindabiraha it's about separation. He's experiencing separation. So, in the, in the, as far as the path goes, we go through this um, window of separation. And when the devotee's separation reaches a point where he cannot tolerate anymore, and Krishna is responding. But that separation and and the the pain of suffering is full of ecstasy. Hmm. Because the object that you're centered on is is the pers- personification of the bliss itself. So it's a very peculiar um, thing. Hmm. The heart burns with separation, but um, but one has well, you can understand one has no interest in anything material, and and um, the self has come out, and so you're. Self-realized, and and that's all blissful, and so forth. There's bhakti ananda, but but in the context of that, this is the way of prema. It moves like this, like an ocean has a high tide and a low tide of separation and union. So within the leela, then, even after 
success going, going, um, developing in prem through the window of separation in the context of perfection, also, hmm? then sometimes Krishna goes behind a tree hmm? in the forest or uh, in the in the in the manifest lila in the, in the world. He, he goes to Mathura and Dwarka, so he's absent in the separation. Or when he goes out cow herding, then all the the, the Nanda Maharaja they have to suffer the separation. Hmm? Gopis too, they can't meet him in the daylight. There's some secret meetings at Radhakund, that's another thing. But so it moves like this, like a river, and has two banks of union and separation, union and separation. And this is what makes it, um, in one sense, dynamic. It's not a static, like Brahman. Hmm? It's said that you know, well, if you if you if you had no experience of, sometimes people say, if you had no experience of suffering, then how would you know pleasure? So, not a great argument, but people make it sometimes. I, I never went for it, but uh, but this is one answer. Well, in the Leela there's also suffering, and there's also there's union and separation, union and separation. Hmm. So that's a that's a very um, different affair, but it's, it's, it's interesting because the whole hankering and lamentation that material life is based on, hankering for things we don't have, lamenting that, that they're lost and, and so forth, that um, is thought to, that it's, that it's required to overcome, to become spiritual. And the Gita says, um, what is the verse, the 18th chapter, um, he comes to to Brahmavidya, he's happy, joyful, boundlessly joyful. No hankering, no lamentation. And of course it said, then it goes on to talk about bhakti from there. But So the general idea is, end hankering and lamentation, bhakti, we have all these songs of lamentation, hankering. It's a very curious idea, it's, it, but you can, but it's, it, but you can see the people who are hankering and lamenting, they have what the people who are free from hankering and lamentation have. That's the whole story of Sukadev. It's such an important story in the Bhagavatam. He's the speaker to to the Raj, and he had no reason to get involved in this like love life you know with all its ups and downs and intrigues he was just peaceful settled atmaram and so why did he take the trouble to study the bhagavad what's in the how, then how could he become preoccupied with the bhagavad because he had no material interest whatsoever 16 years old naked it's a very powerful it's a powerful question it comes right in the section on the trance of vyas why did Sukadev take this t- trouble to study the Bhagavatam when he was Atmaram? Hmm? Because itam hari, such is the nature of the qualities of Hari. Of hari. The, this is a very, this is a postgraduate idea here. Hmm? It's hard to argue against. Hmm? People want to say there's nothing to attain. You're already enlightened. Hmm? We went through that. We've talked about that here. You know, idea. Yeah, you're such an under. You don't suffer. You're, you know, you're, but then again, bhakti—that's another thing. 
the full face of love, something to something to attain, a blessing, a grace. There is a God. There is grace, hmm? and um, it's the full. You know, you come full circle. Then you're hankering and lamenting, but the object that you're focused on is fully spiritual, and it's the nature of such as it affords the opportunity to for that, and there's the variety and dynamism to the lila, and so on. So it's a desirable kind of pain of separation. How can you describe it? It's a pain. It's a pain. It's a, it is a pain, but it's full of ecstasy. <laughs> it has all the ecstasy of a self-realized soul and and, and more. But in the context of the lila, they're weeping. Mahaprabhu was weeping. People look at him and say, "Who wants to be like that?" And Shaitanya Charitamrita says that. Um, Outside, it looks like poison. Bhakti. But inside, it is full of Ananda. Anandamoy. That's your name. Anandamoy, same. Anandamayi, Anandamoy. Bhaya, outside, Vishajalahoy. It uh, it's looks undesirable. Bitore anandamoy, but inside is full of ananda. Hmm? Krishna premier, the premier of of prem, Krishna prem, charit, the character. Krishna premier adbuta charit, the adbuta charit, the wonderful character of prem as such. Outside it looks like, I don't want anything to do with that. Inside it's full of ananda. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a good example. Gopis are a good example. All the Brajbasis are a good example in the context of their love and separation. And this love and separation is huge in the Bhagavatam because look and see. Krishna leaves Vrindavan. It appears in the Bhagavatam. Goes to Mathura, goes to Dwaraka. And what happens to those people? Hmm. Their their separation is they they just figure well okay I guess he's not coming back he said he was going to come back you know he hasn't come back we got to move on here you know he's now news is you know the messengers are coming here and the news is he's married sixteen thousand queens you know hmm. he's like you know we used to wrestle with him and stuff along the banks of the Jamuna and now he's like riding elephants, you know, and defeating armies and stuff like that. It's out of our league, you know. He's become a different different person. He's not like us anymore, and so we might, we might as well just move on here, and, you know, forget about that. They can't move on, they can't forget about it, and he can't forget about them. Because of the nature of their love. That's why I say the fact of the matter is, when Krishna is apparently absent in Vrindavan, and present in the Dwarkalila. Hmm? He's actually more present in Vrindavan in his apparent absence than he is in his apparent presence in Dwarka. Hmm? Because he's present. You can't have love of Krishna and Krishna not be there. He's the object of the love. And see what he's doing to these people. They can't do anything. Hmm? The whole Vrindavan life stopped. And the Uddhava sent to give a message. He's amazed at it. 
Balaram is sent. Balaram consoles the cowherds, cowherd boys, and and then the gopis. Hmm. And it's a pathetic scene. Hmm. Um, And so that's a way in which the Bhagavatam is showcasing that um, that, that kind of love through the separation. Hmm. Never for a moment could they could they um, they they gave him up in play. They might entertain it. The gopis might say, "We should forget about him. Hmm? We should, you know, why are we wasting our time like this? You know, I mean, he did this with us. He did that with us. And do you remember this? And boy, and I love him. And they go, and they, so they they start to talk about giving him up, and then they just keep talking about him, and then they, there, there they go again. And um, so they were they were living, of course. But they were just living on remembrances of Krishna, and then Krishna comes from Dwarka and gives them sporty. It's a complex theological argument of Jiva Goswami and Krishna Sandarbha. He manifests, and they they think it's like a like a vision. They're not satisfied with the vision; they want him, not just the vision of him, internal meditative vision which you would find desirable they don't want that <laughs> they want him and then he says no I really do come that's really me it's not just a, a sporty of me it's, it's really me I, I do come there and I am the and so the whole in sense the mature and Dwarka is all for the sake of showcasing the love of Vrindavan and their separation hmm is um, very telling. Mm-hmm. That help? It's a very beautiful idea. All right, what's the time? 735. 735. Anything else? Oh, the name of the Krishna is Krishna is in the language of Bhagavatam. Krishna, Krishna is in the 11th canto, he makes it. Yeah. What are the reasons behind this indirect language, like not uh, mentioning Radharani directly? Well, it's just like, if people are intelligent, they're subtle. Hmm? And you don't have to play the whole thing out. And to play it all out directly, it's like, I already got it, you know, I got it. That I, you know, it's like that. You're a little intelligent and you like the subtleties. I got the point, yes. So it's something like that. Hmm. The, the subtleties of uh, uh, the language and um, it's not the best example, but if a girl is stark naked, it's one thing for a guy. But if she's, you know, just see a little bit here or there, it's more intriguing, something like that. Hmm. Kind of like, wow, what's, you know, there's more to to come or something like that or to be, to be seen something so um, that's another example that's sometimes given that doesn't originate with me so but <laughs> uh, it, it, it does speak to the point um, somewhat um, so it's just kind of the the subtleties of that and, and in the Leela of course the language many times needs to be indirect and subtle and so forth because of all the intrigue of Radha and Krishna meeting, and and um, they're not supposed to be meeting, and there's opposition to the meeting, 
especially on the part of Radharani's uh, sister-in-law and mother-in-law and, and that side and so forth. And so um, um, a lot of the language that's spoken between, for example, Madhu Mangal and Krishna is very secret and indirect and it has an overt meaning. It's one thing, but there's an internal meaning to it. Krishna's got the message from that. and So this is the way of love. Love is kind of like that. I've often said love has, has, has a language of its own and the two people in love can be in public and speak to one another and be saying something that no one else knows what they're talking about or they think they're talking about something else, something like that. Hmm. Um, Subal, Krishna's friend, is known for sign language. And nobody knows what he makes these movies, and Krishna understands entirely, and it can't be voiced, and so forth. And so they're going to be a rendezvous over here, and okay, go there at this time, and so forth, this kind of thing. So love is kind of of, of that uh, nature, romantic love in particular. Hmm? And the Bredgley is centered around that, the love of Radha and Krishna. Hmm? So these are some um, examples, ideas of the idea of prokshavad. Hmm? It, it, it means, it's the, it's the language of the, of the lover, the, 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 um, the voice of the lover, hmm? really, in the poetic literature. It's uh, laden with so many meanings. Hmm? All the Leela Granthas of the Goswamis, they're like, they're written in that kind of language. And so, and it's kind of bad because, well, it's kind of like unfortunate that you, you know, you read it in English and then somebody has to put in parentheses what's really being said there because you don't know the language if you don't know Sanskrit and you can't, you can't enter into it in the same way and feel the subtlety of it. You got to spell it out and this means this and he's really saying this and that's the breakdown of kind of the cultural um, breakdown. How the Goswami's books were written at the time in Sanskrit, and people would enter in, and you know, it's, it's hard to to appreciate them to, from a you know literary point of view. You get the points, and you can still enter into it and so forth. But um, all of their grunts are written like that. I mean, and, and and it's the it's it's the speakers, the the players in the leela are speaking, and they have to speak that way, given the nature of the Leela and how it's unfolding. And, and in joke, you know, the joke with Krishna and say one thing and mean something else. and Much to do with his, his romantic life and, and so on. Hmm. Which is, which is like, it's, it's, it's going on full, full blast and you can't ever catch him quite, you know. Kind of, the opposition can't and it's uh, so a place for that kind of language there. There's a name for it, I can't remember. But in Bhagavatam, Krishna refers to Parokshavad, uh, indirect speech. He says, I like that very much. That's very pleasing to me. All right, so we stop there. Sri Sri Gaurantananda ki jai, Guru Vaishnav Guru Paramparaki jai. Gaur Bhaktavrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi.